0: strengthened in their faith, and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
1: Good evening to you. Bless the Lord, and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. with the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we conclude a week of broadcasting. And if you've been with us throughout the course of these days, you know the theme has been the necessity of having a one thing mentality. We know in the world, the world says you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And I'm saying the, the gospel and a relationship with the Lord is entirely different. When we need to put all of our eggs in one basket, that basket is the Lord, the gospel, the word of God, the covenants. And we see there's a tremendous contrast between the gospel and the life of born-again believers compared to the rest of the world. We looked at a number of scriptures speaking about this theme. We turned to Mark chapter 10, the story with a rich young ruler who lived by the Ten Commandments coming to Jesus wanting to inherit eternal life. And he was a a wonderful citizen, you might say, but Jesus saw that he lacked one thing. His possessions kept him uh, from... uh, selling all and seeking putting away the other things and coming to the one great thing and he walked away sadly we saw in luke chapter 10 when jesus was at the house of mary and martha martha was complaining because she was doing things regarding the preparation and she said speak to my sister why isn't she helping me And yet she said, Mary is doing the greater thing, the one thing that's necessary. It wasn't necessarily against being a servant, but when we serve, we have to have the right heart attitude. Our mentality has to be that we're serving the Lord. We then look to Psalm 27, an incredible psalm written by David, and he was speaking about the situation that he faced where enemies were around him. accusers were around him. A war was rising up against him. But in the midst of that, he said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And we see the the many Psalms that David wrote all spoke of having this one thing mentality. There was a zeal, there was a zealousness to do only those things that please the Lord. And yesterday we spoke about um, Paul's life. Paul's life is, I encourage you to read Philippians chapter 3, where Paul, who had an incredible resume, being a Hebrew of Hebrews, uh, as to the law of Pharisees, as to the righteousness which is in the law, he was found blameless. And yet he said, I count all things but rubbish except this one thing, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. All he wanted was to attain to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I want to point your attention to Psalm, uh, verse 15. I don't know of another verse that says it like this. Paul's talking about, writing about how he... put all other things aside except for the one thing that mattered much to him. And that was the Lord. And then he says, let us therefore as many as are perfect or mature have this attitude. And if anything, if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. What does that mean? If we don't have the attitude that Paul had, he's saying God will reveal it to you. And the challenge to all of us is, Are we willing to ask the Lord to reveal to us the attitude that Paul had that we might have the same attitude? Turn with me. We're going to look at another situation in John chapter 9. John 9. This is the man born blind. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was in order that the works of God might be displayed in him. When he had said this, he spat on the floor, made clay of the spittle, and applied the clay to his eyes, and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. And so he went away and washed, and he came back seeing well, when he came back seeing, people were saying, what's going on? And in verse 10, it says, therefore, they were saying to him, how then were your eyes opened? He answered and get the way he answered. The man who is called Jesus made clay and appointed my eyes and said to me, go to Salome and wash. So I went away and washed and I received sight. This was a miracle in the midst of the Jewish community. All right. Then the Pharisees were brought into the situation and then they said to him, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes and he said he is a prophet? So keep this in mind. The first time he says this man called Jesus, the second time when the Pharisees talked to him again, he said he was a prophet. And now we go further and they kept talking to him and wanting to know what's going on. Uh, his parents, they went to his parents, and his parents said, because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess him to be Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So a second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. And here's the key verse, verse 25 in, Luke 9, in John 9. He therefore answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. The one thing that happened to him changed his mind. Now, Jesus heard about the fact that they were badgering him. And it says in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had put him out of the synagogue. And finding him, he said, he's talking to the former blind man, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, And who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and he is the one who is talking with you now. And the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. This blind man didn't only receive his sight, but he received the Maya, the, the Messiah as his Lord and Savior, and he began to worship him again, because he believed that one thing that happened to him, and he became a worshiper of the Lord of all. Again, one thing mentality can alter our entire life story, and I pray that we would ask the Lord to reveal that attitude in us if we don't have it now. I want to read something from the Old Testament regarding the prophet Jeremiah. It doesn't have the words one thing, but um, Jeremiah, as you know, is called the weeping prophet, but he, li- his life was lived for the Lord. And I want to read him c- crying out from his heart to the Lord. I'm looking at Jeremiah chapter 20, verses seven, eight, and nine. O oh Lord, Thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou hast overcome me and prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me, for each time I speak, I cry aloud. I proclaim violence and destruction, because for me the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. We need to remember that... Jeremiah preached the, prophesied the truth where everybody, was el- everybody else was preaching lies. So everybody, of course, wanted to hear the lies because it was pleasurable to their flesh. But Jeremiah preached the truth. But if I say I will not remember him or speak any more in his name, then in my heart it becomes like a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary of holding it in, and I cannot endure it. Interestingly, a new translation of the Holy Scriptures from the Hebrew reads it this way. I could not hold it in. I was helpless. Jeremiah had a one-thing mentality. He was so connected with the Lord that he preached the word of God. He prophesied the truth. He didn't prophesy the things that people wanted to hear. He had a one-thing mentality and we are called to live a one-thing mentality life that could very well be offensive, not only to the world, but to many other Christians. Are we willing to have God reveal this to us? That was Paul's cry. If we have a different kind of mentality, we need to have the Lord reveal it to us. I want, I want to read something that William Law said, a great man of God. He writes in a book called A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life. Listen to these words. Devotion is neither private or public prayer, but a life given to God. He is the devout man, therefore, who considers and serves God in everything and who makes all of his life an act of devotion by doing everything in the name of God and under such rules as are conformable to his glory. Do you get the sense of this? Again, we don't see the words uh, that we're talking about a one-thing mentality, but a one-thing mentality must be in all of us as believers that God is sovereign, God is supreme, And he wants us to totally surrender to him and be totally dependent upon him. So that's really the basis of what we had on our hearts this week. And again, it's not just words given out here and there. It's a lifestyle, a life wholly given over to God. And uh, we pray that if you've heard these words, uh, something will take place in your life and you will seek the Lord. And if your attitude is not right, and if your mentality is not right, and if your heart is not right, ask the Lord to reveal that to you that you might have a one thing mentality and live like these men live, like David lived, like Paul lived, like William Law wrote about a one thing mentality. Well, this being Friday, We want to identify ourselves with our Jewish kinsmen and recite the Shema. And if you know it, please say it along with us. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Father, we thank you. And I pray for us and for every one of our listeners we would cry out and ask you to reveal our attitude if it's not of a one thing mentality and you will reveal it to us and you would provide us with that one thing mentality which will bring glory to you in every life. We pray this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening.